Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. My name is Jerry Jimenez. I am joined once again, of course, by my two amigos, one and only Mr. Steve Brokoff and the other one and only Mr. Drew Steck. Bueno, Jerry. What's up? Not much, man. How you doing? How you doing? Dude, it's been a weird week for a lot of different reasons. Um, Some good, some bad, some ugly. It's been weird, man. Hold on, hold on. Circle of life a little bit. You get some some things that are great, but a lot of, you know, reminders of where we're at in life and why we're doing what we're doing every day. Yeah, exactly. I love this song. Who is this, Steve? Bucko Nine. Hey, I've got enough grief. Is it in your notes? <laughs> <laughs> My town by Buck and I woke up in the night screaming it once in case. Oh, oh, shout out to Bobby Cressy um, for playing it on the piano, listening so to my cool. uh, my request on Twitter. So huge shout out to Bobby, the organist for the Padres. Hey, and yeah. The Dockers, um, yeah I was, uh, yes, I was going to say local legend. Absolutely. Mr. Bob Cressy, uh, he plays for the San Diego soccer games and uh, you hear his beautiful, beautiful sounds coming out of uh, the piano there. Dude, the there guy- should be a stadium organist hall of fame and he should be in it. But, uh, you know, it's for whoever the organist Bob Costas is to take that up. That's awesome. No, yeah, yeah. shout out to him. And uh, thanks to Buckle Nine, who has no idea that we actually use their song. Podcast. Like that, okay? Everybody, keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. So, we have a lot to talk about, guys, and we have a lot to celebrate as well. To kind of, uh, you know, maybe lament. I don't lament. I don't know. Does anybody feel different this week? I mean, like, yeah, there's you know things happening. Does anybody feel a little different? Feel like they're you know, like the world has turned a little bit for them. Sure. There was Steve. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just maybe just uh, Jerry. uh, Jerry, how how did Jerry? How this week? Do you feel like your your life changed a little bit? It was Jerry's birthday for anybody who's not keeping track or keeping score. So just alluding to, it's one of our favorite people here's birthdays uh, on the podcast. Uh, It's exciting to celebrate him as a person. He's one of uh, the reasons that this exists. Uh, The podcast is good uh, in some format that you actually enjoy listening to. If you do. Uh, it's because of Jerry. So uh, I, I just want to take this moment to say thank you to him and that uh, it was awesome this week to be able to celebrate in some small ways with him. It wasn't ideal as nothing is these days, um, but uh, I really appreciate you, man. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, we, we had to celebrate at home with our clothes on. So, you know. Yeah. That was yeah that's not usually how we do it. Yeah. That's not how we do it at all. <laughs> no, but happy birthday to Jerry. Huge shout out. Um, can't undermine what, how much he does for this group and this podcast. So um, much love to you, sir. Thank you, Stephen Drew. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, especially in this heat, man, the, the wearing of the clothes, was not, was not <laughs> yeah. it wasn't fun at all, but yeah, no. it, I mean, I turned a year older. It didn't really feel that much different, but uh, I think what really felt different was the fact that I realized, well, one, I share a birthday with uh, mother Teresa, which is pretty cool. But then also the fact that on my birthday, some, crazy stuff goes down apparently so four years from my birthday is when uh colin uh colin kaepernick actually like took a knee and then four years after that on my actual birthday sports decided to just like not 
happen. So the the players basically in MLB, in MLS, in WNBA, and especially the people that started it. Shout out to the Bucks NBA. Basically, just said, "Nah, this is we're done," and we all know what what happened this week. You know, with uh, still still police brutality, still just the craziness that is this world. And so sports shut down for a day on my on my birthday. I was looking forward to watch LAFC beat RSL, which, by the way, they came out on the field and basically said, nah, dog, we ain't doing this. Yep. And uh, that was in large part to Mark Anthony Kay, who has been a large, uh, a large part of the movement within MLS and uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement as well. The so, Black yeah. Players Coalition. That they, the black, that they formed, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that, that as well. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting week. Uh, definitely not the way that I thought my birthday was going to go down. I, I did get to uh, have some cake with my with my children, with my wife. That was all I needed, man. It was awesome. And to celebrate that, I mean, we have to start this out. Bring it back to the old school. Drew kind of brought it back. Steve said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And so I said, all right. I, I just remembered I don't have to work tomorrow. So... Tequila shot for everybody. Better than candles, man. Cheers. Happy birthday to Jerry and to keep the tradition alive. Salud. Salud. Oh, golly. Oof, that was a good one. Uh, definitely uh, makes me miss uh, Steve's parents' house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the, the tower of tequila. Oh goodness! It was that's still that's still there in my mm-hmm. head. It, it's about a foot higher than, than probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, if you guys don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna wash this down with some Scorpion Bowl IPA from Stone. Oh yeah, very nice. I'm drinking um, Booze Brothers Buena Vista IPA. Ooh, that clinking you're hearing is a homemade uh, margarita mm-hmm. where I squeeze the limes myself for half of it, and then I got tired, so very then nice. I juiced. <laughs> but it's still pretty good. All right, cheers, everybody that's listening. I love that sound. Oh, yeah. It's just... All right, so it gets me out of the bed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> some of the things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we have to recap the Reno match. Oh, hold on, hold on. I have a sound for that. There it is. Uh, then we're going to talk about, you know, some uh, some good stuff and then some even better stuff. And we're going to preview a, a match. There's a, uh, hopefully a game coming up. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, you know, especially with the the way that everything is going, and guess what? We have a new player. That's right, we have a new player, and possibly more, which maybe we'll talk about. Maybe we won't. But the the thing is, there's some moves happening within the club. We're uh, at the time of recording, we're aware of uh, of uh, said player and what's happening. We will be releasing by the time you can actually hear our beautiful voices. The information will be out there, so it's nothing new to you guys. But um, we're going to take a little bit of a risk and record this and kind of prep it up and expect the club to release the information on time. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, because we're not trying to break news here. You should know. No, we, we don't want to break the trust. But, uh, yeah, man, so much to talk about, guys. So, yeah, my birthday happened. What, what, what else is up with you guys as far as this week? Steve? I mean, not much. I think you kind of touched on it in the beginning, but, you know, sports kind of – taking a, an extra stand uh, this week is, is, is huge. Um, you know, the Bucks starting it out with the injustices in the home state of Wisconsin. 
um, finally saying enough is enough. You know, we're not here for your entertainment. We're not here to distract you. Focus on what matters. Um, focus on Black Lives Matter and the movement. Um, I will also say this, and just um, kind of from a personal perspective, um, I don't, I, I don't care if if he Jacob Blake was guilty or he had a knife or anything you don't shoot somebody in the back seven times um regardless of if you know what the situation was um that's unnecessary it's unnecessary violence and he should be held accountable um it's sad to see um i I just want the world to be better man and i feel it i felt it a couple you know a couple weeks ago a couple months ago um you know when this movement kind of you know started widespread across the country and now that it's you know getting another wave with another horrid act um i feel it you know i have a six-month-old son and they look at him and he smiles and he giggles and he laughs and um it's like this purest joy i've ever seen and i just want the world to be better for him you know i i I don't want him to grow up in a world where you know black people fear for their lives and safety and um communities are marginalized and oppressed and um the world is stacked against them. I, I, I just, I want, I want him to know a better world than the world we live in now, you know? So I just, I want to make an impact in the way we can. And uh, I'm really proud of the, you know, the movement that started yesterday on Wednesday to, to just kind of stop basketball and some baseball stopped as well. Um, obviously major league soccer, um, NWSL, I'm sorry, WNBA. Um, I think it's fantastic. You know, we're not here. Focus on the issues that matter. Make an impact. Change the world. Um, be better. So that's my mini rant. But I, it, it's sad. You know, it, it's sad to see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for those listening, I mean, that is our president, and he kind of uh, voices the opinion of a lot of us within the local supporter group. It's tough, man. And it, this is one of the conversations that I had with with my wife we, we got pregnant with diego and then again with elias you know we would ask ourselves why are we bringing children into this such a messed up world and my answer to her is what i would tell you as well steven i think that you're doing a fantastic job as it is already but i would tell her it's we bring them into this world because we will make sure that they make this world better that's why we do it right. and so that they leave a legacy of change and that they can make a difference because we might not be able to, but maybe we can make a difference in their lives to where they can make a difference in a lot of other people's lives. And that's kind of the mentality that we've taken as a, you know, as, as a couple with raising our two boys. It's, it's one of those things, man. It's tough. And uh, what do we do? You know, how can we help? Maybe we, maybe we donate to an organization or maybe we, I don't know. There's a lot of different things that we can do, but us as supporters group, I think we're stepping up and, and making, making a difference where we can. Drew, can you jump in on this? Because uh, you have a little bit of information when it comes to this. Like we we've, well, like I was going to give a good recap of kind of where we start. I mean, I was in real time experience. This is, I was just wanted to watch the game. Uh, I woke up that day and was just doing my work from my house. Uh, and normally what I'll do is I've got a couple screens here, so I'll throw on one of them, whatever sports are happening. Uh, Bucks being one of my teams, uh, I always kind of, especially in the playoffs, won't miss a game and coming up to game time. It felt like on Twitter, it was like, okay, you're looking at, you know, who's starting, who's whatever. And 
all of a sudden it became very clear that they were not interested in playing a game, um, that the team wasn't coming out, that things were happening. And then within about 30 minutes, uh, it was very clear that they didn't intend on playing the game at all um, until they felt like uh, emotionally they were in a place to do so was kind of the first part that you heard. And then from there, it became very clear what their thought process was behind um, not only not playing, um, but also kind of, you know, probably just not being in a space to do so. Um, as a team, they're in a very unique place uh, that a lot of people just kind of maybe from the outside don't understand being a fan. Uh, there's a few stories that connect. There's one of their players that was shot in a parking garage just outside of the Bucks training facility, um, you know, by Milwaukee County Sheriff. So within their own team, they've experienced some brute of uh, police brutality and kind of uh, violence. And, and so it is one of those things where they uniquely held a, held a rally specifically for Black Lives Matter as a team. Um, most teams did not go that far, you know, right in the wake of the George Floyd protests. So uh, they are somebody who hasn't just talked the talk. They've walked the walk at every step here. Um, and so for them to be kind of uniquely tied to this Kenosha situation um, and, and what's happened here, it's it's something that felt, I think, and weighed on them in a way that in pro sports we've never seen before. Um, it just a, is a confluence of events that, um, you know, in some ways, uh, I'm I'm pleased about. I can't say I'm happy about because that's not really the right term to use. But I'm pleased that people in such a position realize that they can stop the world um, from a standpoint to make sure that people hear and listen. Um, and let's hope that you know they kind of use the best guidance moving forward with that platform to do so. So regardless of what happens moving forward, whether they play or don't play, it sounds like they want to figure some way to do that. But they want to honor the platform and make sure that they're not playing for the sake of eradicating what's happening, but they're playing to create awareness to what's happening um, and make sure that people are driving towards change. So it's exciting uh, to see so many people and so many teams do this um, to the extent of, uh, and I I say exciting as a a word of, uh, you know, hope and something that feels like it's bigger than all of us. So for me, that's kind of where I'm coming from, from a personal standpoint, but also in terms of just kind of looking at it from a sports plus people angle, you know, that's, that's the biggest part. So I I think that that's at the end of the day where we all can find common ground. And this is, you know, we, we all are trying to figure out answers, but um, when people say, Hey, we were going to use our talent and, and reserve the right to do it for something that's greater than ourselves. uh, That's always extremely admirable in any aspect. I'm proud to be a fan and I'm proud that our club has also stood with that since day one as well. So it's very easy to align my interests um, with, you know, where I put my money and where I put my, my heart from a fan standpoint. So that makes it really nice. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful for that compared to some teams today who have not done as well with, with that kind of um, acceptance of, of where the world's going and, and what we need to all do to make it better. Uh, talking about people that don't uh, agree and, make the wrong type of statement, especially in this, uh, this time, you know, it's, we, that's its own podcast, man. We can talk about Yeah, Soul I mean, for a but, while. But I mean, let's not shy away from it. Call it out. The RSL owner, horrible statements, horrible report, you know, reports coming out quotes. Um, and on that, you know, it's uh, not what the sport MLS, means. Yeah. And MLS players association coming out with a huge statement, you know, condemning it. Um, I think both of the MLS, you know, statements the past couple of days have been super weak. They absolutely refuse to say the names of the victims. They refuse to call out police brutality directly. Um, you know, they're skirting around it, and it's it's to me, it's weak. It's it's weak statements. It's 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 lip service. It needs to be better. 
Um, and on that, it, it makes me super proud to support this club. I mean, we wear kits that say black lives matter directly. And, um, you know, the owner on Twitter, Andrew, he's like super active and super like, say it with me, black lives matter. Like it means something, you know, my club, like today I, I retweeted something about, you know, Josie Altador said, you know, called out the, the said owner of RSL and the loyal account liked it. Like, and, and it might be, you know, semantics, little thing, like, Oh, liking a tweet, but at the same time, like little things matter. They have an impact. You know, it, it's what this club stands for. They're not going to shy away from making, taking a stance and, um, you know, making known what, the, what they represent. And to me, that means something, you know, like I, I posted that back and I said, that's my club and it, I'm proud. It, it, it makes me proud to, to know that that's what they stand for. Uh, they don't stand to support um, a, an MLS owner, no matter what the implications are, you know, maybe we play them next year in us open cup and um, then it's, it's out there, you know, it's known. We, we, we do not support what he has to say and his viewpoints. Um, and I, I love it. I, it. It's a stance to take and it's, it's a, uh, it's public, it's out there. And I, I, it's great. I'm a big fan. We'll, we'll circle back to this a little bit more because it does deserve a little bit more of conversation, but we do need to move forward and just, get this recap out of the way. I mean, I know that we don't really want to talk about it too much, but we did have a match against Reno that we need to talk about. We'll go back to this because this does deserve a lot of our attention, especially as a supporter group. I think, you know, I don't, I don't want people to completely tune out right off the bat. Uh, it's, it's a tough conversation, right? It's not an easy conversation because there is a lot of people that unfortunately don't quite see it the way that we do in leadership. And that's fair. Um, but that is a conversation. And I hope that if you do feel some type of way, just kind of reach out and say, hey, I don't think that you guys are representing me. And let's have that conversation, because I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, the human part of this is really important. And not all of us see eye to eye and we respect everybody's point of view. And I will tell you, you're wrong. But I, I mean, I still have, I still, I'll have that conversation with you, um, as will Steve, as will Drew. Sure. You know, it's just one of those things. But man, I know we don't want to talk about this, but Reno match. Okay. Who, who wants to start? Because I really don't. I'll I'm start. Gonna... I'll okay. start. I'll start. Okay. Good. The, uh, that first half was bad. That was bad, bad soccer. Um, Hold on. What was that? What was the total score? What was the score like? The score was what two one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching after two. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I checked out. Hey, it was and maybe bad. somebody else did. What this? What this? It, it was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were all having an off week. We'll say that much. But I don't feel like they played that bad. That's the the hard part here. First is half. there was. A lot of really good, you know, you know, things in there. But the first half was just atrocious when you put yourself behind. Like that, that's right. right. They got that. They got that. They got that. That goal and stoppage time. I'll just. Really I'll just say it. It was three one. Yeah, it was three one. Okay, it was three one. But yeah, let's say that that first half was bad, 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 bad soccer. Um, and I think going into it, everybody. I mean, I, I wouldn't say everybody, but people who watch, you know, the rest of USL, um, especially the coaches and coaching staff should have prepared Reno plays a man on man system, which is like, I mean, that's so weird in soccer, right? Like they literally play man to man, just like basketball, like, you know, 1970s basketball. That's what Nate referred to it on our Thursday call. Um, and 
it's like such a weird concept, right? But at the same time, when you actually kind of think about it, that makes the game really physical. And it makes the game also kind of by default high pressing. And I just, they did not deal well in the first half. They, they couldn't they, cut to they the back. They came in to mess us up and they messed us up. Yeah. yeah they, like, and it goes back to my point about why we lost to LA Galaxy 2 a couple of weeks ago. Like we just couldn't deal with the press. We couldn't play quick two-touch soccer. We couldn't. Similar stuff, not you know, as man-on-man, but not as physical, but definitely just messing up the run of play, right? Just coming in, screwing it up, grabbing the ball, and then and then flipping it forward in a way that our players then were turning around in the wrong body position again or caught out on a pass. And it was just like, how are they making some of these passes? It just, you know, it, they're, they're trying to position our guys in a way that seems to be very advantageous to push the ball forward. But it, and our defense overall has done a fantastic job, but you are seeing cracks now without having... The, the number one choice keeper without having your number one, you know, line lineup back in the back with, with, with having the, yes. the defender of the year in the East, you know, it's, a, it's um, a player of the year and the defender of, of the year. It's, it's impossible to say that without him, we're a better team. So yeah, you know, based on that, I think that we were caught out a little bit in terms of just communication and, you know, making sure that, that worked after a run of really you know, tough results uh, on the yeah, back I mean, of what were some good games. And even like going back a little bit to the very, very start, you know, Eric Avila got this, you know, he, he got the nod at the beginning mm-hmm. of the match. Um, and I think he was kind of put as like a, like a second forward, which is to me a little bit weird. I think he's more of like a wide midfielder and like a four, four, two. And since we basically play a straight three, five, two, um, he's kind of odd man out, you know, I, I just, I'm not sure if he, he has a position. I think that in the club views him as a valuable piece, but wait, who Avila? Yeah, I think they're trying to find spot a space space for him, but I just yeah. I don't know. It didn't work as a second striker. Um, they obviously sub for him at halftime. Makangila came in and solidified that midfield. I think then they pushed Carlos higher. That seemed to work really well. Um, yeah, he's going to go. Yeah, but I think Makangila provided um, some calmness on the ball and some physicality that was totally lacking in the first half. Um, some grit, you know, a little bit of grit there. Uh, in the second half wasn't bad. I mean, I think we played much, much better. We obviously scored um, better chances, but at the same time, you know, what are, what are chances in, in a good second half? If, you know, we can't produce results, um, you still have circle scoring. I will say that while we did score um, and everybody's saying, you know, call in great assist and good finish. I'm just going to straight up say it. I think that the assist was really damn lucky. Um, I mean, he, he, he did a good job not making the first guy kind of passing it through his legs, but thank you. The, the, the Reno defender kind of took a step and, you know, he, sh- the Reno defender should have absolutely cleared that ball and he just straight up missed and it found Carlos's foot and sure. Carlos had a nice finish, but man, I, uh, I have a hard time being like, yeah, great soccer, great goal. Like it, to me, that was a pretty lucky bounce. And yeah, Colin's well, done a lot of good things in, in recent sure. games. That just that just wasn't, you know, one of his more exceptional passes. Sure. I mean, I think, yeah, there's definitely something said about, you know, he's he's played, I think, really good for us. Um, according to SofaScore, which is, you know, an arbitrary, you know, website, he was our best player, um, which you can see the improvement. Something. Sure. Um, but man, we got to we got to figure out that final third. We got to figure out how to string a full game together. Maybe mix it up. Maybe bring in somebody, you know? We'll see. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Have some information uh, straight from uh, Barcelona, España. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we do we do need we do need a catalyst. We need some sort of change, and whether that's players coming back that we already know, like Joe is training again, and and John is back in training. So, um, you know, just players with three letter names, uh, can, you know, mainly uh, or whatever. But John's J O H. I never mind. That's what the but, uh, I was trying to make a, a tie in there. It didn't work. Uh, that's a hidden. Oh yes, we hey, don't edit this. He called Carlos Lowe's. So there you go. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Los, Los and Joe's. Yeah. Uh, and Sal, hey, whoa, uh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, wait a second. You might have a Emra's got, Emra's got to get a three-level letter abbreviation, or he's, you know, going to keep in the sub there. He's, uh, he's M, E-E-M-H. That's it. Yeah. yeah Grant Stoneman <laughs> just goes by Gra. What's up, Gra? <laughs> What's up, Stone? <laughs> but, Matt- yeah, they... They need they need some change up some some kind of mix in just because it's been a ru- bad run you know they played well they had some good run some good games sixty minutes against OC that was you know fantastic and um, it's just tough it was tough breaks so um, and then this kind of felt like the the you're, you're limping in and you kind of got that bad ankle and you hope they don't kind of go after that ankle and go to that side and they just pummel you right to that right side or that left side or which side you don't want them to go to it's kind of what it felt like in this game was they just found the beat on us and they kept hitting it and you know when you when a team's got you like that you had and Marino's playing great they've been a fantastic team this season so in this weird weird season they figured it out and some some teams play well in tournament ball and this kind of feels like a tournament so um you know kudos to them for for really stepping up but um, you know, we can play well against them. We showed them preseason. We can we can match up with those players. It's just a question of getting the right right mindset and the right kind of run of form. So, looking forward, I think that I'm 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 hopeful that there's going to be, you know, the players have taken this so personally. Um, you know, and Los especially on the after show, being like, "Hey guys, this is not acceptable by my means by any of us in this tent." He didn't say locker room because they're not in a room anymore, but you know. Uh, he didn't say tent either, but like <laughs> anybody in our locker tent, nobody says that. Um, but anybody over here in the bushes in USD, but, right here. Yeah, yeah, but he was, yeah, he was very direct, right? He he did not mix words that he did not think that was okay. Yeah, hey, and and that's that's awesome accountability to see. So I I'm I think their minds are where ours are. Yeah, excited. no, I, I agree. But you're, you're mentioning a good performance against Orange County. Talking about a good performance against Orange County, Las Vegas had a very good performance. Yeah. They beat Orange County, and they beat Phoenix before that. They they've done they two in a row. Are tied. Hey, yeah. um, shout out to Vegas. Might as well be a win. Work and keeping us in the game. Yeah. This is literally what we like. The best thing that we could have hoped for is we'll beat Vegas, and then they beat the guys that we can't beat. Like what is going no on? No sense. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I want Mandela just... back. Can we get Mandela back? God. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Right? We give him them and then he they go off. But he's yeah, a man on a mission. It worked out for us, I guess. <laughs> that oh, yeah. plan. You know what? It's just he's a secret plan. Conspiracy theory. This is he's still working for us. Part yeah. of the plan. So yeah. a lot of this has been me and Drew talking. Jerry, I'm gonna throw it back at you. What do you think of the match? Let's let's get your take. Oh man. I think as far as Rena goes, they did step up and they did what they needed to do. They read us perfectly. Uh, I agree with everything that you guys have said. Uh, with 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 Avila, I have a soft spot, so it's a little difficult for me to talk neg- negatively about him. But I agree. I do think that uh, we need somebody in the middle, and we need somebody in a striker position, and maybe possibly somebody as a center uh, back. Uh, especially with Joe being out, that space 
I feel like Joe needs a little bit of help. And if we could get four in the back with two center um, center Ds, I think it would be awesome. Uh, I'm not speaking for the future. I would hope maybe somebody in the club is listening and is going to be like, yeah, maybe we might have some, uh, you know, somebody back there to support Joe. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Is there anybody that can support Joe in that center uh, mid position? Anybody? I don't know. Um, maybe a few ideas. Do you, Steve? <laughs> Drew? Drew? Steve. That's for Steve. Oh, no, I mean, okay. not but in the, the center. Uh, not in the center. But going back to your four-back um, kind of idea, something that I noticed in in the arena match, kind of, if we want to get a little bit specific is I loved when Sal kind of carried the ball forward. He, he, he stepped into the, into the midfield a little bit and even in the wide space on that left side. Um, and it seemed to kind of drag his man forward and open up, you know, more pockets of space. And so that you know, the midfielders didn't have to show for the ball, they could make runs and, and, and create additional spaces for other people. Um, so, I mean, what, one adjustment I would love to see, and they, they certainly seem married to this three back three, five, two system, but, I would love to see a four four two uh with Sal at left back. Kind of yes. with a little more with yes. a little more freedom to go forward. I mean, let's Please. be real. When Sal was when when he was a younger player, he was a winger. You know, he was a he was a wide midfielder or a winger. Um, and then even at his time in Atlanta, you know, as as he got older and through injuries and you know, his career sort of did dwindle, he was still a left back. You know, he would still cameo at left back. And play wide. I mean, he's good going forward, and he's good on the dribble, and he knows what he's doing with the ball in possession. And I think it's even more evident to emphasize it even further. Like he's not a he's not that good of a one on one defender. You know, he get, he gets isolated in space, and and yeah, I mean, he can turn a guy back to the middle for help, but to like you know time a tackle or dispossess or straight up be physical. Like, I mean. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I think that's a weakness in his game. So why put him at, at left center back when, you know, we could play a four, four, two, we have the personnel for a four, four, two, you know, play him there. And yeah, that might sacrifice Elijah, you know, put Elijah on the bench cause he's our left wing back. But, and I know he's been, you know, generally pretty good for us, but at the same time, I, I almost think, yeah, you, you know, we've struggled to score. We've struggled to create chances. We've struggled to do all this. At some point, you can't just say, oh, it's just a striker. It's just one piece. At some point, you got to say, we're not creating enough chances. We're not creating enough opportunities to goal. Our play in the final third isn't strong enough. Our possession game is like, there are holes in this team that really need to be fixed. And at some point, you got to say, you know, it's not one player. It's not a midfielder. It's not this. It's a system. And let's change that system to our personnel. Because, um, I mean, I love a 3-5-2. Don't get me wrong. That, you know, you create overloads in the midfield. You have a lot of attacking players. You can you can defend well. Like there's a lot of flexibility in the three, five, two, but that's a complicated system. And if it's not tailored to the strength of your players, then maybe something's going to change, you know? And I, Jerry, I mean, Jerry, you just said it like, I don't know if anybody was listening at the club level, but, um, and probably not. You might think who's this hack that oh, thinks yeah. he knows what he's doing. But I, uh, I would just love to see Sal with a little more freedom to go forward, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think there's a huge part of his game and putting him at like a left center back role is just, I think it's handcuffing him. 
Okay. I'd love to see him go forward. I'll tie it full circle and then I'll hand, up to, hand it back to Jerry. I want to throw this, okay, this, this ball at Drew because then I feel like Drew okay. is going to build upon this. And that's why I wanted to jump in the middle. Yeah, Drew is going to add some awesomeness to this, but I wanted to just throw this in there as an idea. And then, Drew, you tell me what you think. I believe that we can also be set up because I agree with Steve, but I also think that if we set up as a Four three three. Things might work. That is the way LAFC plays. I'm just gonna throw it out there and say it's literally. He says in front of a wall of LAFC scarves. Well, four three three with the D's actually being also part of the midfield and moving up a lot more. So it changes that four three three a little bit, but technically, you know, quote unquote four three three. Drew. Go ahead, man. I I I think that's a great addition. I was going to kind of turn it back on you and say I think through Steve's point, Sal is great in that capacity, but he's also proven that he can't do the tracking back and the pushing forward for ninety minutes. It seems like he runs out on one or the other, right? Like he does well in one position. If we give him, here's your task for the game, and then he won't stretch his legs too much, or he'll know I don't have to track back on that run because I'm not the last defensive guy, or I'm not having to cover that final third for us, right in that corner. And so I think that that's all. It's not saying he's given up clear or obvious chances. I just do think that our shape, um, you know, he has to keep the shape so it doesn't allow him to move forward as much. And when he has been able to, we've seen a lot of really good runs or, or progress as a team. And it seems like he connects really well up front with the players. So it is kind of a question of do you move him into that position of kind of left mid um, or still back in that left back, as, as Steve is saying, um, and keeping him there or trying to push Elijah in and, and kind of give him a role where it's more of within Jerry saying like a four, three, three. Um, and, and instead of having to go full four across the middle, then you still have three attacking options. You can throw a Francis, a Toomey, um, and you know, whatever number nine of the week, uh, we're throwing out there, uh, whether it's Ben or, or whoever, um, you know, it's, uh, that, that would be, you know, I think to me has always been more ideals to have three up there because of the way that two have been unable to produce. And when we've had more of a three with, whether it's Colin, um, you know, with Toomey and with, uh, uh, Francis or some combination of, uh, you know, uh, Irwin, uh, when he was still playing, um, you know, get better soon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think that's a better front for me is the three than the two still. Uh, but I'm with both of you. I think that going to the four back is it's tough because you want to say that three, five, two is a kind of a dragon. If it works right, it works perfectly. Um, and it's sexy and it's, you know, pep and it's, you know, all the kind of things, but it has to work right? when you don't have the midfield for it, yeah. you, you kind of have to construct Lego blocks on top of each other, whether that's, you know, as we're saying, a three on three or a four, a two on top of a four, you know, more of a Mario castle, or uh, what would be the analogy? Uh, a taller, skinnier castle. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the frozen again, castle or the Mario castle. There you go. Then again, then again, who would play right back? I mean, Jerry, what do you think? Who would play right back? Ooh, that's. A, that's I mean, a I mean, Metcalf has played right wing back for us, but is he really a right back? I, no. I don't know. You know, good question. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's tough. Is there a right back so, on the roster? Is is yeah. is is Emra a right back? Nah, he's a center back. I mean, he's Emra has been the Joe replacement, yeah. and so you know when you think of four back. The left side, you know, say Zizo, and then you say um, Stoneman and 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 uh, and Joe. But then who plays right back? I I don't know. I, I don't know if Matt Kaff could do that. That's a that's a super good question. 
So yeah, that's, I also that's like a, that because you can push Joe up front too. Because you, you know, can with the with the four back, you can bring in Emra and push. Even if Joe and Emra are on the field at the same time, you can use that as a sub to push Joe up and do that Joe striker thing they were playing with, which I don't think is a crazy idea. I actually think physically it makes a lot of sense in terms of getting the ball in space if he can pass well up front. But um, you know, there's things like that you can attempt if you have less liability and you need a, you need t- three top center backs at the back. Which again, I think we're all debating whether or not we have that and i think the answer has been through the best attacking teams we probably don't maybe lesser teams like las vegas we can get away with a three but teams like orange county teams like phoenix teams like reno currently seem like we probably need more of a four to to suck suck up that pressure and push back forward yeah and i think i mean to take that take it from the defense to the midfield i think charlie adams is a really good player and i i think he's done pretty good work for us um but I just think he's being asked too much. Uh, I think they're asking too much of him as like the lone kind of six and a three, five, two. Um, or when you, you know, on, in defense of five, three, two as that like kind of lone six with Carlos and Colin to either side of him. Um, I think they're pushing high up the field to try to force and create chances, especially with our lack of production on, on, you know, on, quote unquote on offense. But um I think he's been hung out to dry. I think, you know, in that first, like I said, that first half was really bad. And I just think their front, their front four just kind of dominated our back three, or even if you include Charlie kind of back four, um, I'd love to see a shift where you get a little more help, a little more build up play, more people showing for the ball. I just think he was, he's just been kind of left hung out to dry and he's been asked to be both destroyer and distributor and, be everywhere and, and kind of fill gaps, but also, you know, winning balls. The ball like how many? When was the last time we won? We won balls. You feel like consistently for fifteen minutes because right. I don't feel like that's happened probably since the Vegas game. I don't know. Yeah, like it's been a long time since I felt like our yeah. midfield was consistently winning. Even if we retain possession, there wasn't really a time where and and Nate has told us this. They emphasize trying to get the ball back quickly, and it feels like we're trying that. We're just not winning a lot, right? We're getting turned, and then we're getting beat. And it's it's that's in the midfield, so it's it's tough to say to put it on. I think one player in particular because Charlie's been doing a great job, but he's just left alone on an island a little bit where you can't in that system uh, if you want it to be successful. So it is a question of do you. Um, you know, try and invent a player in a position that we may not have on our roster in the form of a right back um, or try and meld somebody into that, which, which again, maybe you look at somebody like Grant, who's pretty athletic and also gets forward pretty well and say, okay, he could play right back, but you're taking him out of being the best center back on the team so far. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even though Joe's there too, right? It's 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 a kind of a conundrum, but uh, the coaches at least are very heady. I just think that they, they definitely love this system. They We're going to see something like this long-term. The question is, during the rest of what is a shortened, crazy season, do you kind of go to, you know, the Jose Mourinho to bring it back to Spurs a little bit? The I'm going to win this tournament and kind of give it the best I can mentality, whether that even if it's not the best uh, and the sexiest version of what you can do, playing each game as its own, you know, uh, as a local thing, Marty Schottenheimer, you know, play uh, uh, each down or whatever, you know, uh, every play of the game, that kind of thing here, every every kick, every ball that you need to win you know, kind of playing that way because it does feel like we've been very heady and not to just do it right. The Nike, yeah. just do it kind of thing. Right. And I, I, I mean, that's a good point. You know, there's something to be said about, you know, we go into the game against Phoenix and, and maybe we will learn, but we go into the game as Phoenix. There's somebody who said about let's play a low block and um, 
absorb some pressure. And yeah, you know, they're going to dominate possession. Um, and maybe that's not the right way to go about that. But maybe, you know, maybe there's somebody who said about they're a quality team and they showed that when we did play them and so did Reno. Um, you can variable press. There's things you can do sure, even in a sure. low block that, that this team's smart enough to do. It just requires less conjoined effort, right? Yeah. So Jerry, to the struggles, um, one of the key players coming back is Kempin. Hey, uh, by the way, gotta just gotta gotta mention this. Okay. Shout out to Austin Guerrero. Shout yes, out huge. Fenlinson as well. Congratulations. You guys both killed it uh while mr campin was gone also i i want to do a quick shout out because i don't think anybody else is talking about this mr amal knight is over at fc tucson 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 however you want to say it man uh, in you in usl league one yeah um amal knight made a start uh against the red wolves on august 1st they lost 1-0 and then he lost his first place spot unfortunately so they went out to play union omaha 2-1 Lost, and then lost to Richmond Kickers 2-1. And then they beat Orlando City U23 on the 18th. The U23 is in uh, USL1, apparently, for Orlando. And they did destroy them for one. However, Amal Knight was on the bench. Um, It looks like uh, Carlos Marancio has taken over that number one spot for FC Tucson after the 1-0 loss against the Red Wolves. I would hope that we keep close watch on Amal Knight. I think that he is the future goalkeeper for this club. And he is currently, on again, on loan against FC Tucson. I don't know how in the world we can watch this, but on the 29th, uh, which would be probably, uh, you know, a day after. So Saturday, Saturday, the 29th, 5 p.m., um, Union Omaha faces off against Tucson. So we'll see. I mean, last time they faced off, it was a 2-1 loss. but. Uh, Again, Tucson has that opportunity of uh, getting a revenge on Saturday, 5 p.m. And we'll see somebody that's on loan by our club. This is like the first, I think, club loanee, which is which is cool to look at. So I just want to bring that up real quick. But yes, bringing it back to Kempin now. The good news, he was off to Columbus. He was recalled by Columbus Crew. If you guys remember, he was he is on loan from Columbus Crew. We are apparently building a relationship with this club. And he is. Why are you laughing, Steve? Anyways, um, we are. I'm <laughs> winking. I'm winking. You can't hear winking. Um, <laughs> we, we're building a relationship with this club. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily love it, but I mean, we have Kempen. Caleb Porter is there. There's a lot of good things to like. There's a lot of good True. kind of History. production out of that organization historically, honestly. And they've turned Zardas around. You know, Nagby's back there. It's it's a fun team to watch right, right now, too, if you do want a team to an MLS just objectively to watch. They're fun. They're, they're really good in the draft as well. So I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. Uh, but th- when it comes to uh, our goalkeepers, I feel like John Kempen has made the biggest impact. I, I think you guys sure. would agree with me. Absolutely. So having him back, Steve, how are you feeling, man? I think it's great. I mean, how many times could you say he kept us in those games, um, you know, early on I mean, from the restart? He, I think it's phenomenal. I, 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 again, I allowed the, you know, Jake Fenlinson and um, Austin Guerrero. It was a um, three-year loss, but dude, Austin did a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, he, he did. Just he put did. it out there. There's no doubt. I think there's something also to be said about Kempen, you know, maybe having the experience he does kind of commanding that back line, maybe organizing them a little bit better, maybe improving the back line defense. Um, 
I'm just looking forward to having him back. I mean, the club, you know, posted today, he was back in training, so I would fully expect him to be available this weekend. Um, I hope that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, St. John of Kepin. Let's go. Let's go. He, he's always in the right position, and that means that he's working hard to be in the right position, right? Nobody just ends up in the right position as a keeper all the time, and that allows him to make those crazy saves that he shouldn't make and probably keep our the other team's uh, – uh, XG kind of from out of whack uh, when they play against John Kempen because for sure every game that I've seen him ever be the keeper in it seems like he tilts that in the the team's favor that he's playing for so um, it, it's an X factor it's something you normally with the keeper again it's like a a lot of special teams type positions uh, in other sports where um, you have a specialty position a pitcher in baseball a kicker in football um, who can you know kind of toe the line maybe you know, get you a B plus average. And, and for most teams, that's what they're looking for. But when you have an ace or when you have somebody who, you know, can keep it at zero runs in baseball, or it can get you that extra, you know, 10 to 15 yards in football, uh, Americano, uh, you, you get a sense of, Hey, we can actually do this as a team or stretch this a little bit further. And it just gives you another, you know, ha- uh, card in your deck. You don't have otherwise. So uh, that's your stack deck for the week of uh stack deck facts. Yeah. I like that. Your so, hidden nugget. Hey, uh, I mean, what else are we talking about today? Oh. Trying to figure out where you can watch FC Tucson on the side. So yeah, I'll yeah, come yeah. up with that yeah, if yeah, I find yeah. it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Be awesome, actually, if you guys could do that. So one thing we're going to talk about, and uh, we're nearing the end of this show. Uh, <laughs> we kind of threw a little bit of uh, some clues there, if you guys were paying attention as to who our new player is. By the time that you listen to this, I mean, it's it's already out there, hopefully. They're <laughs> like before. laughing at us, the whole podcast. Yeah, these, guys, these idiots, we already know. I don't yeah, know. We already know, stupid. Uh, unless the club just completely failed, and now all of a sudden we're breaking news, with it, which actually would be kind of cool, to be fair. That's why we drew it out so long. So if we did do this, if we release it before they release it, by the time you listen to this, it'll still be past the time. Right? You know what I realized, too, that it's... Uh, God, man, it's it's so easy to skew people. We can because we can say, "Hey, we have a relationship with the Columbus Crew, but we do have a new player that's also part of this relationship." Not just John Kempen, but maybe somebody else is making their way into our club. Now, what do we need? There's a few positions that I would say we need. First of all, um, we I, I think everybody and their mom agrees. My mom agrees. By the way, she's a <laughs> ticket holder. I should mention, uh, we <laughs> we all agree that we need a striker. Steve, am I right? You are right. Yes, okay. sir. What else do we need, Drew? I feel like maybe somebody in the middle. I think somebody in the middle. We were talking about Charlie before getting him some help. Maybe somebody's more of a natural six to bring the ball up kind of from the back and, and win those balls as I was talking about and be able to force it forward so you can give somebody like that a little bit more freedom to distribute uh, kind of out wide or, or kind of through the middle as well. And then we need somebody in the back too. What in the world? Oh, yeah. like we had in Maybe a right back. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Okay, but let's start in the front. All right. I feel like this is where we... Uh, I don't know, man. This is where we really need help. Somebody that can finish. Somebody that's a proven finisher. Uh, Columbus Crew has uh, pulled in as of, a, was it the 2020 draft, actually? 2019? 2019. 
2020, no, you were right. I am sorry. No, he was drafted in the first round. Seventh overall by oh, that's Columbus right. yeah. Crew. He, he went higher, way pro. higher than I thought. Yeah. 2019 All-American. He's a 2019 WCC Co-Player of the Year. 2019 Mac Herman National Player of the Year semifinalist. 2019 COCDA Acad- Academic All-American. Hold on, you got some like hype music going on or what? Let's go. Oh, dude, I should do yeah, we have like yeah. uh Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, right, like right. intro basketball music. I'm gonna go back. That are like serious. Dude, the uh, Bulls intro music. I got, I got the song. Hold on, hold on. All right. There we go. I can make this work. We'll see if it works. Ladies and gentlemen. At seven foot nine. Just kidding. Six foot there three. Come on, dude. Come on. Sorry, that's my height. <laughs> I know, but it's not as cool when it's your own height. <laughs> At six foot three, 180, 22 years old. Born September 16, 1997 in Barcelona, Spain. He claims Poway as his hometown, Miguel Berry. How's that? Was that good? It was great. It was great. <laughs> oh, look it was at great. that. I'm hype. Let's go. <laughs> you, you, you kind of messed it up for me, man. It was, you you said Poway in, in an accusatory tone as I sit uh, less than several miles from Poway. But uh, yeah, I like I, I love this man. Hometown of Blink One Eighty Two, Poway. They're technically they're technically from partially Rancho Bernardo, but nobody's in Carmel Mountain Ranch falls in San Diego, which is where they hung out the most. If you go to so. some barrels in Poway, that's that's Blink One Eighty Two territory. Yeah, well, it's technically in Carmel Mountain. Agree to disagree. <laughs> we got Miguel Berry. I spent, I spent a month living across from it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Miguel Berry, man. Can't say Dude, enough about this guy. Come on, man. So exciting. <laughs> so excited. So we so we talked about, you know, maybe not a striker not being enough, but at the same time, and you focus a little bit backwards on we've had we've played some good soccer. You know, that first half against Orange County was really good soccer. We had, you know, we there were periods where we went toe to toe with Phoenix. If we could have finished one of these chances, you know, going back again to that Orange County game, if we finished an earlier chance in that game, that game is totally different. If we snuck one away against Phoenix, that game is totally different. Um, I'm not going to, you know, explain the finer points of soccer here. Everybody knows if you you, you score a goal, the dynamic completely changes. Um, I think there's something to be said. So if we can get a finisher, let's do it. Get some Titanic moments. <laughs> I'm not going to sing for you, Jerry. That's you. You were in a band. He's going to Celine the ball into the back of the net. He was going to get emotional. I was going to get him to do some Celine Dion. <laughs> I'm all, dude, I remember we've already rooted for this guy. If uh, locals came to our local tryout, um, not really, but it was kind of our, our audition in USD Stadium to see what our section would be, and they they invited us over. We got to find out how beer bracelets work and the whole deal, um, yeah. which uh, <laughs> if those of you who have not attended a match yet, we'll get to learn all about. Um, but it, it was awesome, and it actually was a comeback win led by Miguel Berry um, and scoring goals at our end, and it was pretty cool to kind of experience some of that 
uh, magic right there. So the the goal I think here, and that was always kind of talked about with the club after that night was like, you guys are going to try and sign this guy, right? Like he's pretty good <laughs> and obviously whatever. And they're like, we're trying, but he'll probably go to MLS. And so it's pretty cool that he um, has been able to find his way back through loan here uh, to the club, because I think everybody was interested uh, from all parties, uh, from his side, from the club side to make this work. It's just a question of, again, when you go to a new team and they have a certain interest in you, and control your rights. It's what they want to do. But I think for everybody, this seems to be a really good idea. Um, and hopefully we can get them back uh, into Torero Stadium scoring goals and feeling comfortable. We don't have too many more matches this season. But, um, you know, if it works out great, there's always a chance that uh, maybe they see that as a better pathway than keeping them in um, to just get a few, suck up a few minutes at the M- end of an MLS game. Or uh, maybe it propels his career for them as well. And, and Caleb, you know, throws him in. So uh, for a San Diegan uh, and, uh, fellow kid who's got Spanish roots. Uh, my mother was born in Madrid, so we're technically enemies. Poway, Scripps, Madrid, Barcelona. You know, same sort of rivalries. Uh, Jeez. But he's a, he's as a tall target forward again. Like he's like everything in a number nine, like like pure number nine. Uh, very very exciting. That's uh, the best, that's the best thing too. Barcelona, right? Everybody's talking about Messi. No, we get Miguel Berry. So, so yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't told you guys is I had a conversation with the club today, and they're signing and announcing a Lionel Fessy tomorrow. Lionel Fessy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, very. It's Ricardo with uh, with glasses, like those uh, old glasses, <laughs> the mustache, like the, yeah. the nose. Legend. No, but I'm stoked. I'm stoked about Miguel Berry coming in. Um, we talked about the much needed kind of shakeup with Irvin Parra's injury. Uh, shout out to Irvin. Get that well soon um you, uh, we need you know we need a striker we need a striker um to to produce and score some goals um i think it's fair to say he's maybe a little bit raw um speculation you know he's straight out of college um maybe had some time with columbus training but he's maybe a little bit raw but i think landed and the coaching staff can you know have him for a little bit of time and um throw him in and see what he can do and maybe put some of these um these opportunities in goal i think we talked about it before but we really just need a we need a goal scorer man we need somebody who has a nose for the goal and kind of instincts um a guy like you know dom dwyer or somebody like that who just has a nose for a goal just knows or even how to Cristiano score ronaldo yeah this, sure this guy was described as Ronaldo of the West Coast Conference, I believe, <laughs> uh, at one point by Jordan Carruth, at least, ah. uh, which, you know, All right. so there want me to give yeah, there's presidents talking about goals and Please. Please. In college Educate. Sure, yeah. All right, so Miguel Berry, 6'3", again, big guy, 180, 22, uh, signed to an MLS contract on February 27th, 2020, being selected in the 2020 MLS Super Draft. The forward out of the University of San Diego was selected by the crew with the seventh overall pick of the 2020 MLS Super Draft before taking part in the team's preseason camp. Outside of the MLS, which is this is what really matters because this is where it shows his numbers. 72 appearances, 69 of them were starts for the University of San Diego. He's aware with uh, aware of our field. He knows our stadium. He registered 38 goals and 16 assists. Between 2016 and 2019. Uh, for his performance in the 2019 season, Barry was named the WCC Co-Player of the Year. And he was a semi-finalist for the Mac Herman National Player of the Year Award. So we have somebody here that has 
clearly proven his uh, worth in the uh, collegiate level. Now it's a matter of seeing him actually play in the USL level. Now he's good enough to be signed by a club like Columbus Crew. That tells me that he is going to be somebody that we need to look out for. Now this guy would be a future player for Columbus Crew, right? He basically needs to... I mean, if you're looking at the depth of Columbus Crew SC, it's quite big. I mean, if you're talking about depth, we have John Kempen. Now we have Miguel Berry. What does that tell you about this club, right? They have good, good players. So now we look at what can he bring to this club? Can we can we put the ball... Can he put the ball in the net? Can he actually get it... To where it needs to be. We'll, we'll see that. Um, and I still think we need somebody else on top of this player. But any other thoughts on Miguel Barry before we kind of like close that one out? Because that, that's an exciting one, man. I just, I don't want to talk too much and hype him up too much. I think we did enough hype now. But he just now has to prove himself, right? Right. That's where yeah. we're at. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah I've that's seen him score goals. So I'm already on. I'm already, you know, like, hey, this guy's got something. But... Yeah, we got He's got to prove it in a white shirt uh, as opposed to a uh, Torero blue one. Steve. Yep, that, I got nothing really else to add. It'd be let's it, time to show it. Um, I, I don't know how long he's been with the club. You know, obviously announcement coming. I don't know how long he's been here training, so I have no clue to expect him this this weekend. Or, you know, even starting or or even off the bench. Um, if you know, if if the announcement coincides with arrival, um, I would almost not expect to see him. But at the same time, who knows if we're desperate for a goal and you know what we have out there is not working. You just never know what you're going to, you know, who you're going to put out there and what you're going to expect. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see somebody else, something else out there. Um, because we've talked about it ad nauseum that we need to find a solution to put the ball in the back of the net. We scored one goal in the past what, four games and that's just, it's just not good enough. It's, it's not, good enough. No, dude, I kind of recap the last three games. I mean, we lost 3-1 to Reno, 2-0 to Phoenix Rising, 2-0 to Orange County. We face Orange County again once, uh, hopefully, uh, this Saturday the 29th at 7 p.m. in Orange County, by the way. So, Orange County being the home team, will we be able to see Barry on the field? I guess we'll have to... uh, We'll we'll wait. It's 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 gonna be tough, man. We have uh, Vegas coming up after that, and then Galaxy Two, who also beat us. Mm-hmm. So uh, we still have uh, quite a struggle to make sure that we, you know, keep in this uh, in this tournament. It's it's not an easy time. We yeah. are unfortunately in a part of the world where all the teams around this West Coast area are just really really good. So it's it's tough. It is really tough, especially as a, uh, you know, as a brand new team. So, I, I mean, where we're at, we're making the right, the right moves. We have Miguel Barry now. Maybe somebody else in the future. Maybe somebody local. It shows the team's always thinking. They're always kind of churning and always prioritizing local players. Um, you know, people have a connection locally that the, you know, obviously here it fits player to stadium wise, which is awesome. And I think, again, there's some mum- muscle memory they're trying to probably like eke out of him. Right. Um, you know, in that position, which is awesome. And and to kind of go to that length to say, hey, we're not above ego. Um, if it's not working with the guys we got, we got to bring in something else and try something else. So. 
Uh, again, we've you know been effusive of our manager because we love him, and we think that again he's also learning along with all of us in this weird, weird season. Um, but it shows continually that they've never said we have all the answers and that everything's perfect. Um, that they're always constantly working, and they're they're they've told us that it shows. You know, with the lineups, with the changes, they're always tinkering and always trying to find something different. Again, as we said, maybe they have to kind of revise and go to something that's less fun. But um, you know, ultimately, I don't think that they're putting themselves above that that idea in any single single way uh, that they've shown so far. So, so I'm excited to see what they do here in response and um, try and build some points, build you know three points, build six points on top of each other. Standings will look extremely different than they do right now. Um, and you know, we'll be talking about the playoffs and who we're going to play as opposed to, are we going to make the playoffs? So, um, you just got to win, you know, one or two in a row here and it'll be a completely different world. So I'm excited though. New player, another new player. That's, that's a lot of good stuff. That's, you know, whatever. Um, but something to be excited about. So I'm with it. My thing is, uh, um, you know, I, I don't really, uh, you know, after looking at this, uh, know how to explain uh, a segue. I was trying to find a good segue. Uh, oh, Union Omaha and FC Tucson will be playing on ESPN Plus at 5 p.m. on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. tying into owls. Nice. I was trying to go to an owl place, and then there are there are inaugural partners. So in your first season, trying to figure stuff out, uh, yeah, just like Union gotten, Omaha. If you haven't gotten you your, go. uh, you know, your acceptance letter into Hogwarts, not yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting. The window's open in case Hedgewick wants to come in anytime. I've been waiting for 15 years since I read that book, but nothing's happened. It's only, eh, okay, fine. It's been like 20 years. He's just showing. See, this is what happens when you turn 35. Jerry, uh, what, Jerry when are we going to tell him he's just a muggle? Guys, I'm recording this under a staircase. I was going to figure it out eventually. Well done. Well done. Uh, yeah. By yeah, the way, but... <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up though. So ESPN plus Tucson showing up on sun, on Saturday at five, right? Yeah. You can check that out before hopefully our match. And again, maybe they I don't, they do or don't happen depending on what the world <laughs> is doing these days. You know, we're okay with that. Yeah. And that's, I, I think for this, this over COVID, you know, is a, a thousand times to me more valid reason uh, or million, whatever, whatever exponent, uh, the infinity symbol, if you will, um, because it is something that's valuing life versus decimating for sure. Steve, he looks like he's just going to like blow up because he's has something to say. <laughs> no, I would say looking for, I mean, I don't know if we did too much previewing, but you know, the game going forward, Orange County this weekend at Orange County, like Jerry did say, um, they just played Wednesday and we didn't, you know, we obviously had the whole week off, so there might be a little bit of refreshments there. Um, which is, you know, a huge benefit. I think when we played last time, Orange County hadn't played in a, quite a while and we had just played midweek as well. So um, we were tired going into that match and they were fresh. Now the t- tables have turned. Um, so that there's something, something to be said about that. I think we also said that they lost to Vegas, um, which is a team that we have beat. So beat and yeah. drawn. So I think there's, you know, I hope to see some adjustments. I hope to see maybe they're in a little bit, you know, maybe they're tired, maybe they're in a downturn in form versus what we did last time. And I'd also say the last time we played them, we played a very, very good first half. If we could have capitalized, um, things could have changed. So I hope to see a good performance this weekend. Um, obviously, we've struggled immensely over the past few. So 
let's get some get some balls in the back of the net early and and change the narrative on what this club is about. Um, let's let's score some goals and play some exciting soccer. Orange County's good. They are a good team, but they're not a great team. I think people are making them out to be a great team. I think that it's shown that they're inconsistent, and we've shown that we can pick them apart and find our chances. We just have to bury them. So if we can do that and we can get it, we can bury a chance in the first 30 minutes, we win the game. Uh, I will say that right now. If we cannot score the first 30 minutes, it's very likely we don't walk out with more than a draw. It's just the fact of life at this point that I think our team goes into a different mindset after about 40 minutes if they don't score um, because of the drought that has happened. And even the low goal in the last game was great. I think everybody has admitted here that that's not enough to really open the floodgates and make the offensive production feel like that it's clicking, right? So I think that that's really, to me, the bellwether is do we score early? Do we score within the first 30 minutes, especially in the first half, um, to me, is the key. And then otherwise, um, you know, trying to find our spaces and um, holding them off because they do have some very good attacking options that can change a game in about 30 seconds. Um, from front to back. So just trying to keep that at bay, but getting somebody like Joe and John back huge difference versus the last time we played them and we lost to them. We lost to LA galaxy too. And we lost to Phoenix and I won't let the club uh, forget that, that the first three times we played all those clubs, we lost to them. Um, But if they win the next all three games against them, I will happily forget that and uh, probably never think of it again. So Winning cures a lot, uh, but to me, it's really just scoring, I think, gets that ball started. So, as we've all said, you got to put it in. I think you just got to put it in early, too, because otherwise, it just the more it lingers on, the, the worse the game kind of compresses on you. We are running out of time, but I do think we that we're touch on, uh, on a very specific thing that we did. I think we touched slightly on it, on it in the beginning. Not enough. The I don't think we did it enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we made a donation as a supporter group, which is why we are here, which is why we do what we are doing right now. And we're spending as much time as we are in trying to build this. It is much bigger than all of us. And it is something that we really strongly believe in. Um, so I'm going to pass it off to our president, Mr. Steve Brokoff, to kind of explain where this came from and why we made this donation and how we are actually you know, following through with what we said in the beginning, which is that we are going to make philanthropic moves because we are more than just a supporter group. Steve, do you want to take it away? Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, I think our commonalities, uh, bring us together. And obviously commonalities include the sport, um, and wanting to better our community. Um, but with that, that with great power comes great responsibility, that famous Spider-Man quote, but it's true, right? I mean, we have a responsibility and we have a, we also have a power. I mean, we took, we took membership dues and in that comes, you know, a financial wherewithal and we sell scarves and we sell t-shirts and sure we could, we could turn all that around and say, let's do amazing TIFOs and let's organize watch parties. I mean, not right now, but you know, the purpose of, of the group um, isn't just the soccer, isn't just bringing people together Although it's a big part, it's it's giving back. You know, um, soccer supporters groups and soccer clubs um, influence communities and cities all across the world um, in such incredible ways. And right now, um, especially during COVID times, um, and especially um, big emphasis on the times we live in, um, 
we, I, I and we feel like so, so compelled to act. Um, we want to make a difference in the ways that we can, right? If, if we were able to be in a stadium and, we, and, and um, you know, social injustice in, in the ways that is happening um, was occurring, you know, we could, we could be so, you know, vocal and active about how that kind of what we do, right? We could, we, we could do TVOs, we could do signs, we could do flags, we could do that kind of stuff. But I think there's a big difference between what we're doing now. Now we have the ability to donate with our financial wherewithal. So I, I'm, I'm proud that we did this. This came about from one of our members, John Dolazar, who lives in Atlanta or the Atlanta area. Um, he posted in our Facebook group. Um, he's actually from Wisconsin. And he mentioned that forward, uh, the forward flock the supporters group for, or one of the supporters groups for um, forward Madison um, they, they put together a, a fund for the block leaders organizing for communities. Um, it's, it's the, the website is blockbyblock.org. Um, and they essentially, you know, have fundraised to support funds to make a difference in their communities. Um, and this came out pretty quickly tonight. Uh, saw the post, kind of proposed it to the rest of leadership. It was widely accepted. It was approved pretty quickly, and the donation was made right away. So, I I'm proud to say that we made this donation. Um, I think everybody's pretty clear on where we stand in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and I think I I made my my stance clear as well pretty early on in this podcast that you know what what was what was done was wrong and um, should never happen again. And the, however we can help as a group in the stance we take, we should do going forward. Thanks, man. No, I 100% agree. I think Drew as well. Uh, and, and the majority of leadership does as well. Actually, I don't think we've gotten anything negative from anybody. So, again, no, I would, I would I'd actually take it a step further, Jerry. I'm going to. I'm going to book a flight for Saturday and I'm going to go in person and I'm going to deliver our $200 to oh. them in person in Wauwatosa since no they're not way. playing a game. Uh, I'll meet them kind of halfway between Milwaukee and, and, and Madison and deliver wow. this check. And I'll, I'm going to go and I'm going to do that because I, I'm wow. just, I feel so convicted to go back there. Full disclosure also lived in, uh, in, in Milwaukee for a number of years and have had a connection to Ford flock, uh, through their, uh, through actually Madison's social media director and also their liaison to their, their group. Um, so they're Ricardo, if you will, uh, him and I went to college together and so known him since then. And, um, it was somewhat aware of this peripherally, but John really brought it into the group to kind of ask and say, Hey, locals, is there anything we can do? And so for me, it was the favorite, most favorite thing I've ever been able to sign off on. I was kind of doing some errands and running some stuff, but um, it was pretty cool to see uh, this come together so fast and be something that we unilaterally kind of felt like this is uh, makes sense. And as an organization, they just do really great work. So I, yeah. I'm excited to see it and I will be actually flying to Milwaukee for different reasons, but um, I'm uh, deeply saddened by what's happened this week and deeply hurt. <laughs> But I'm very much kind of uh, looking forward to being able to go to the epicenter and, of where this feeling is happening and, and trying to make sense of kind of what's going on with the people there um, who I have a lot of heart for 
um, and just talk to them and, and get the human side of this and, and see that. So I'm excited and really excited for what we're doing as a group uh, to involve ourselves in this, uh, just in our small drop in the bucket, as I said. Yep. And I will also say if you guys you know support as well, um, our listeners or members, uh, please donate. Please do what you can financially. Um, everything matters. Everything makes a difference. Um, so check out our social media. Check out, you know, it's at Forward Flock or at Forward Featherstone, I believe. FWD Featherstone um, is the specific yeah. group underneath they the have flock. Kind of different groups. Yeah. yeah. Kind of we have our, we're working on a union. Their union is the flock. And then they've got their groups within the flock. Yeah. So I, please, uh, if you can, um, make a difference. Uh, it, everything matters. So I'm glad we could do what we could. And please continue to do so if you were able. Yeah. Check out on Twitter. It's at block, B L O C, by B Y B L O C M K E, which is the Black Leaders Organization for Communities. So go and check that out. Uh, you can see we tweeted about it, so you can click on it, and uh, you know it'll take you to the right place to make sure you donate. Uh, because I know that a lot of our members get it and they understand, and we are fully aware of what is happening. And the more help that these types of organizations get from us, the more they can do, and the more change that we can create together. So that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. We're going well over our one hour. Which honestly, I'm proud of because I think that we hit some really important points. Points, and uh, I'm starting to get to the point where I can no longer spoke. So, Steve, Drew, anything else to add before we uh, say uh, good boy? No, I don't <laughs> want to take away from anything else we said about uh, uh, about really important, really awesome stuff, and the bonus content's all worth it because it's all really, really you know, poignant things that are about what's happening right now and why we need to all find a way to hook in and be involved, but also um, show support for the things we love and the people we love. And that includes the players too. So find a way to reach them this week and see if you can kind of just reach out either through their social media or whatever up to the game and just say, Hey, game day, just try and send a message and they may read them. They may not, uh, but it does mean something and it does kind of help them out, get that little extra boost going into the game. So I've found just mess. They're really human. Just send them a message. So that's my last thing is send our players a message and tell them you love them because um, you never, you never know when you get that chance again. And again, after the game, it doesn't mean as much as, you know, kind of going into it to, to show that support. So um, a lot of them have messaged me back probably 90% maybe of the messages I've sent to players. They always message back. So, um, you know, if they don't, it's just because they don't see it, but they're, they're almost all pretty on it and pretty awesome about it. Yeah, man. Steve. I'm looking forward to the, the announcement of Lionel Fessy. <laughs> no, but nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. Uh, glad to, glad to talk to you guys and, uh, thank you listeners and members for sticking with us during these COVID times. Uh, let's go see some goals and, and, uh, turn the season around. So let's go. Let's go. Oh, we mentioned Miguel Berry. Welcome to the club, first and foremost. We're happy to have Welcome you home. Back, back, back at home. Could we be possibly bringing another San Diegan home? Coming <gasps> home. I'm coming we'll home. Talk about that. I'm coming home. Future episode. Oh, dude. Tell <sighs> Jerry. Tell the Steve. Tell other people I'm coming home. San Diego. Yeah. No. Um, listen. 
we will try to drop some news on you guys. I, I think we also at the same time have to be very, very careful about this relationship with this club. So we just have to tell you that they get it. They are keeping us in the loop. And we are 110% in on what the message is, which is clearly if you follow our chairman, he agrees with us, right? We have to support uh, this movement. We just, we just, it just, it has to happen. It's one of those things that I don't know how anybody could go against this. And so uh, it's been weird times. And it's even weirder times for uh, us in San Diego here with all sorts of things happening. Um, the Padres being good. The uh, <laughs> It's like the world's upside down, man. The world's upside down right now. What is, is I feel it like is. It's, just, just it's the Padres seven. being good. Just the Padres, you know, I mean, breaking records. If, it's like, if, if anything gonna, else in 2020. It was, it's if in if the we're gonna mention If we're going to mention the Padres, I mean, come on. They, they scored They scored seven runs in the bottom of the seventh today to come back to win, and then they gave up six runs in the top of the first the next inning in the doubleheader. I mean, come on. says it in Revelations. The yeah. Padres will be good when yeah. the world is about to end. So <laughs> just in preparation for that, <laughs> I just want to say – uh yeah, it, it drew a thing. We got a large Bible what? right here. I literally. <laughs> what is the quote in Revelation? It says right here. It says, uh, and then Mike D was fired, and, and then the Padres <laughs> became great again. And then right when <laughs> the seventh field broke, like right after that. So uh, oh my god, that's great. So there you have it. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm slurring my words. Drew, Steve. We, we 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 done. We good. Yeah, I feel punch drunk. Okay, we're good. We're just drunk drunk. Good boy, Jerry. But, good boy. Four, Mister Drew Steck and Mister Steve broke off. We're gonna call in tonight. My name is Jerry Jimenez. We'll see you guys next time. Maybe we'll talk about a new player. We'll see. <gasps> Maybe we'll talk about a win against <gasps> rolling off the line. Even better because yeah. it's been a. All right, that's it. See you guys. Much love. Exciting. Love you all. Sweet. Stop it.